All right, guys, make sure you go to barebowproject.com. Check out our online store. We're constantly upgrading and adding T-shirt options, uh, different colors, different logo colors, as well as check out our online training series of tournaments. The online tournament registration links are in there. There's your novice, intermediate, and advanced classes. Don't stop training. Stay after it. Make sure you sign up for those tournaments and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Barebow Project. Well, guys, welcome back to The Barebow Project. This is episode seven. With yours truly, Frank McDonough. Grayson Partlow. John Demmer. And we have a very special guest that the three of us all know very well, Mr. Elton Wong. Welcome to the podcast, Elton. Thanks, Frank. Um, No problem, man. Hey, so Elton is joining us today because this is... All about everything going on in the world, a little bit of barebow news, indoor nationals, and then what in the world are we going to do? Because the tournaments are shut down, a lot of ranges are shut down, so this podcast is just all about that. We are going to recap indoor nationals, USA Archery Indoor Nationals, maybe talk a little news, a little stuff on the side, and then just get into everything we can do. Elton is joining us because he is the, just because I, he wanted a title and I didn't know what else to say. He's a, he's our director of online tournaments at the Barbell Project. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Elton has, is the one that's really doing, he's getting the work, he's doing, he's watching the videos. He posted a video today uh, in regards to the tournaments and, you know, we really want people to know that they're available and why it's important to keep training and keep that, you know, so before I, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to say anymore. So anyways, here we are, gentlemen, how's things going in your neck of the woods? Grayson, what's going on with you, man? You were working like, like a fiend, but you're got some free time in your hands now. Uh, I mean, it's pretty wild here. There's nothing left in the stores and just a chaotic atmosphere everywhere you go. But uh, luckily I've been off work. I have like three weeks off because I was supposed to go to the Adirondacks for a snowboarding trip and then Louisville for indoor nationals. Then I was going to go to Cleveland next weekend, but uh, every, everything got canceled. So I'm just kind of hanging out at home for three weeks before I go back to work. Oh man. John, I guess how's things with you? Fine. <laughs> same. Unfortunately, the same old, same old situation for you. Work is work. Yep. <clears throat> that doesn't yep. work anyway, so yeah. it's all good. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I heard you're a That's professional what... archer. I am. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I can't fulfill my contracts now, so I'm going to lose that money. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not going to get that. This is this one's for, um, for is it Isaac? Grayson? Uh, that we talked about earlier. This is for him. I guess you're not going to get your pro pick page on Lancaster, are you? No. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> just a joke, guys. Don't don't everybody out there don't get offended. We're just joking. Um yeah, same here in in PA in Orsburg, PA. I'm a little bit south of John, a couple an hour and a half, 2 hours, 2 and a half. I don't know what it is, but we're Well, Elton's, Elton's down in the Wilkes-Barre area. Yeah. You guys have any? You guys have any food down there? 
Any milk, eggs, bread, toilet paper, toilet paper. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, def- definitely no toilet paper. Uh, no, no idea why. Uh, but there's been like a, a reasonable supply of food. Uh, there's some stuff that's kind of skimpy, but like there's stuff on shelves. It just, I think there's some people that are just grabbing more than they really need. Yeah, it's like they they just don't get what is happening and they're worried and there's not a lot of reasoning going on. Yeah, I think people are just freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough time. Some people, no work, no money. So it's just a lot for a lot of people to take in, I think. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I, we're, we got the exact same thing out and down here. You know, I'm off. Um, my school closed last week. Um, I, I'm hearing rumors of they're going to be closed a month, closed for the rest of the year. They they um, took away the requirements for the Act 180. They took away the necessity to do our state testing. Um, they're talking about do, trying to do online schooling, how that's going to work for the special ed kids that I work with and stuff like that. I have no idea. It's It's really – there's – I think the worst part for me is the unknowing, you know, because everything I do is so dependent on it. And well, even Grass Hollow Archery, we had to close because they closed all business, all non-essential businesses. And I can't, I don't have a choice. Like, um, that's not worth losing everything. But at the same time, even though we don't have any cases in Schuylkill County, um, I have to close, you know, so... The good thing is, is that we're still, you know, amongst the chaos, we're kind of getting back on, you know, my wife's banging out all the, sh- the shirts for Barebow Project, and, you know, we're we're getting back on track because we had some delays with that, and just with this whole situation going on, shipping issues um, with this whole ordeal. I mean, it's just, it affects everybody in some way, but unfortunately, here, you know, the kids aren't practicing, so what I did is I gave the parents bails to take home and similar to our online team um the kids have programming that they're doing shooting in their yards or whatever they can do to just to stay active and to keep going you know just it is what it is we got to do what we got to do but yeah anyway um well i guess we'll get right to it and we'll just talk to talk about our very first Review. We want to go over USA Archery Indoor Nationals at least for what we can review. Um, how did uh, how did things pan out for you guys? As if everybody doesn't know. Go ahead, John. Uh, it went okay. Um, didn't shoot my best, but didn't make many mistakes. I think I shot twelve out of the gold out of one hundred twenty arrows, so that wasn't too bad. One of them was was a one, so that one kind of sucked. The picture set but, across the world. <laughs> but the rest of it, the rest of it was pretty decent. Yeah. Um. Not not great, great, but you know, steady. Yeah, you shot well. You looked you looked comfortable. That was probably the most comfortable I saw you shoot in a while. <clears throat> yeah, I dropped I dropped weight quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got down to like thirty five pounds on the fingers, dealing with some issues. Uh, was able to, you know, get away with that. 
don't think I could have handled the 40 pounds that I was shooting earlier. But yeah, made the best out of what I had. So yeah. wasn't wasn't too bad. Put uh, me in the hunt for the top eight. Whenever we're gonna do that, if we're gonna do that, that's still up in the air. Where? What about you, Grayson? Uh, I shot okay. I finished second. John, John beat me this time. But uh, I mean, I shot okay. A lot of really, really good arrows, some really good stretches. But then you know, just a, a handful of bad shots that really brought my score down from where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Shot a, I think I shot a six and you know a handful of sevens maybe. But a lot of thirties, a lot of twenty nines, and then you know, I drop a maybe on a three twenty five I shot. And twenty six really didn't help, but um I, I felt good. I didn't didn't really have any nerves. Um probably the least amount of nerves I've had for a, a big tournament ever. I was just there hanging out with you know, people I shoot with all the time. So it was you know, we had a pretty good time, pretty good banter back and forth. Um, my setup I had changed recently. I had gone up in mass weight and draw weight and it was just feeling really comfortable. Uh, I had a new grip from Paul Yeager that I was working with that I really, really like. So my setup was, was good. It was ready to go. And you know, I shot well for the most part, just not well enough. Well, shot well, shot really well. I mean, is that, we're just looking for the totals there. Last year, what did you guys, you guys shoot 11.25 last year? If I remember. Yeah, we play. shot a little bit better last year. Yeah, yeah, I thought you shot a little bit better, but not by not by a ton. But, I mean, you know what we did see is we saw some other people, you know, there's definitely more scores that are on that higher end, I think, this year, though, isn't there? Uh, we had quite a few uh, new guys climb the ranks this year, like Jarrett, obviously, um, he, he finished third in the men's, uh, Lee Wilkins was fourth. Winker was fifth. Paul Donahue, the ageless wonder, He's 76 awesome. years old. Yeah. yeah, I shot awesome. next to him both days and man, he was, he was incredible. Just tearing up the 10 ring. It was really awesome to watch. And he, he's got a, he's got a, a different anchor with that finger. I don't know if any of you guys, he had uh, to yeah, it's a weird hook on the string. He, um, so he only puts his, his middle finger and his ring finger on the string. Mm-hmm. His index finger, he puts like along the knock of the arrow, like pointing down the arrow. Yeah. I've never seen it before, but it, it does work for him. He said he, I talked to him about it at the tournament. I think he said he hurt his index finger like 80 years ago when he was shooting mm-hmm. early on in his career. And he, he just came upon that way of hooking the string and never went away from it. He shoots Olympics that way, barebow, everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Who else did we have, John? You were you were running through the top and I cut you off. Oh, uh, uh, Jason Littner climbed up uh, the ranks this year, too. Uh, he's a new guy. He's out in Ohio, I think. He did pretty good last year at Target Nationals. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few uh, new guys coming up there, too. So, yeah, overall, scores are higher again this year. Um, we had way more people participate. I think we were somewhere around 540, 550. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I think last year we were just over 400. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, good increase in numbers. 
Do you know what the cutoff for the, the final eight was last year? Was it in the 1050s or was it 1060s? Oh, yeah, I don't. I'd have to flip through. I don't remember offhand. I think it was somewhere in the same ballpark, within 10 points of where it is this year. Yeah, Bar- um, Barker Barker was 8th seed last year, wasn't he? Yeah, I yeah, so. I remember. He was eight. He was, I, I want to say 1065 or 1055 or something, somewhere in there. So the top eight numbers stayed about the same, and then it seems like 1070 every year has put you really close to the podium. Mm-hmm. So the numbers in the top eight stayed relatively the same, but we just had some newcomers and uh, some people probably didn't perform up to their potential dropped out of the top eight. So, okay. yeah, similar numbers, but different faces. Yeah. Elton, how did you do? She did okay. Um, I've been struggling with control issues, but I, I made some changes after Vegas, got a new grip, sort of like Grayson. Um, I switched to the best three, um, and it just it settled my, my, my bow side down a whole bunch. And I felt more comfortable, so I actually made some pretty good progress. My main focus uh, shooting at Nationals was really just to have fun, though. And I think I, I succeeded there. I had a really, really good time. That relaxed me a lot. Um, managed to do a couple things that I've been working on during the shoot. So was happy with the way that, that panned out. Didn't shoot my highest, um, but, again, made progress. And, you know, when you're struggling with control, any progress you make, feels like a good day yeah definitely i uh yeah we were the high five club for the the weekend <laughs> yep. everybody's turning around looking at us i i think i heard one comment um after we high-fived each other they looked over and like oh bearable archers they must have hit the target so they're high-fiving everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness we have thank goodness we all uh can laugh at all people don't get it Probably some snobby yeah. Olympic shooter down the line. Just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. I laughed. <laughs> That's good. I I shot with um, I shot the line with Barker and I'm trying to think who else I shot with. There wasn't a lot of wasn't a ton of barebow shooters shooting with me. Elton, you came in behind me. Do you remember who else shot that line? Was Mike Rodriguez on that line? Mike was on that I think, line. Thinking, yep. thinking a different event. I'm not sure. No, you're right. Yep, he was there. Yep, Mike, Rich. I think that was it. And there was a couple guys shooting longbow uh, as well. Um, some local guys that were shooting longbow and stuff. But it yeah. was a good weekend. I ran into some troubles day one. I shot my best half ever on on day one, and then second day was meh. But it was okay. You know, that was one of those people that, quote unquote, didn't. Uh, what did you say, Grayson? Didn't quite shoot up to their potential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it politely, <laughs> I tried, but I had some issues and tried to manage those issues. But you know, it just didn't. It wasn't in the cards this year. So, moving on, we'll figure yeah. it out. Uh, well, you look- had the one, the one bad half, but other than that, you shot fairly solid. Yeah, so. I. I just, like I said, I, Elton was actually standing there. I had one end that really hurt me bad. And then I had to call an equipment failure. And that one end, Elton was standing there and he was like, dude, what is, what, you got to have contact. I think that's what you said to me, Elton. 
And I was yep. like, because I had just fixed my, I kind of tried to fix it in, in, as we were going. And I thought I fixed it, but I didn't. And I shot a quarter size group in the four or five ring. I posted the picture on social media. And I was like, eh, not much you can do. Because literally there were three good shots and they were there was that group. And then ended up having the call and equipment failure and, and fix the rest or try to get it as close to as it was. Or at least, you know, I had to change my call a little bit after I quote unquote got it fixed and then finish the day. But I mean, just the mental recovery from that, I have to admit that was hard because I was the first half, even though I only shot a 273, I'm not going to lie. The last three ends is where I dropped probably, I bet you I dropped those seven points in the last three ends. I don't know if I can look at it. I might be able to, I, I was, I was shooting well up until the very end. So, but it was, it was good. You know, it was, it was a good experience. It was, there it is. Yes. So learning experience, right? Yeah. Learning experience is right. You know, it's, it is what it is. You know, I shot, yeah, I shot one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I dropped seven points in the last three ends. So I was, I was feeling really, really good, really calm. My aim was super calm. And I was probably working on the best 600 ground I had ever shot in a tournament for sure. But, and then day two, I think I put a little bit too much, too much pressure on myself to try to, to get into the top eight and just, I could not find a rhythm to get back to where I was the day before. And it's almost like I, um, I think I wanted it too bad. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I just, I I wanted it too bad instead of relaxing and just running my shot which is what got me the the decent first half day one i just i wanted it too bad and and wasn't um my mind wasn't on wasn't in the right spot so but anyway so who else we well i guess that's kind of men's we kind of covered the men's barebow yep um the women fun ended up winning uh she shot pretty decent uh yao yu came in second Kay Earls came in third, uh, going down the list. I see Christina Lyons, she's a brand new barebow shooter. She finished fourth, so that was pretty good for her. Shout out to, to Christy Lyons. She shot um, with us on that live feed at Lancaster, and I know she's a uh, an avid listener, so I just want to give a shout out to her. She's 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 fun. She's fun to be around. Yeah, it's fun shooting that live feed with her at Lancaster. Yeah, she's a riot. Uh, she's a I think she's a Jeff Sanchez, uh, Bodoc Archery um, shooter too, right? Yeah, she I works think so. with Jeff. Yeah, so shout out to him as well. All right. We had uh, Susan came in fifth. Susan Snyder, yeah. Grayson shoots with her all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I shot the same line as her. She uh, she shot really well the first day. I think I think it was in the five thirties. Yeah, two seventy two, um, two fifty nine. Yeah, she shot pretty well for her. And then uh second day, I don't know if she was having an equipment issue or maybe a form issue she wasn't noticing, but she was shooting everything to the right, like seven, eight line to the right. Good groups, just way to the right. So that, that was kind of tough for her to come back from mentally, I think. But other than that, she shot really well and fun shooting with her. Who do we have after that? Uh, scrolling down the list a little bit, uh, shout out to Brenda Wong 
she finished in the top 10. It's pretty yeah. good. Super proud of her. Yeah, she did really good. If she, I remember, she made huge strides this year. If I remember correctly, she got more high fives than you did, Elton. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she didn't kick my butt this year. Oh, man. It's a brutal crowd around here. <laughs> oh, no. She's catching up to me fast. Uh, I, I need to step it up. She's She's doing awesome. She's doing awesome. She pushing you in practice, Elton? A little. Yeah. No, it's it's good. Yeah, it's good to see her and Tracy make some progress and start shooting well. Yep. We could just, you know, James Hughes and Nathaniel Cartwright and Hunter Longstreet went one, two, three in the men's junior. Uh, women, Olivia Art. I shot with him. He was on my bail the second day. Who, Hunter? Yeah. He yeah. Uh, he has incredible form. And on the practice, uh, so the first day we got like four practice ends. I don't know why. But uh, he was all gold through four ends. Same thing the second day. I think uh, he just... He, right now, he can't keep that going when the scoring starts, but he has incredible form and a lot of potential. It was fun to see him shoot. That's common. Yeah. For uh, the Barebow Junior women, we had Olivia Arts first, Abigail Weir second, and Ruby Chambers third. Ruby's a student, well, I think John Winker helps her out now. Uh, I think she started seeing John up at uh, first flight. So she shot pretty good. She made some pretty good progress this indoor season. Yeah, uh, Winker did mention that he was working with her, which is awesome. Um, last time he was on the podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the cadet men, we had Christopher Glade, John Sarazen. And Levi Wilkinson uh, on the cadet women. Oh, looks like quite a battle at the cadet women. Yeah. Abigail Lee and Maggie. Yeah. One, two, same score. Yeah, 988 nonetheless. Those are, those yeah, that's pretty good. Those scores overall in, in Barlow women were both up there. They were up there pretty far. They, they were separated by 110. Yeah. Boy, I know that. I know the feeling to lose the tiebreaker to tens. How about it? <laughs> <laughs> for all those listening, a win, a win. yeah. For all those listening, that was last year that we talked about these two. These two that share half a brain also shared the score for two day score for indoor nationals, and John lost by one ten. What were your total tens? Four, I think I lost by three or four tens. Oh, yeah. three or four. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, same score over 120 arrows. That's crazy. It's crazy. And then the same thing happened at NFAA National. I think there were, what, like two points that separated first to third? Yeah. Going to yep. the last end, I think three of us were tied. John, uh, Rick Stark, who shoots compound barebow, and myself. And I think Rick and I tied, and he got me on X count. And John, I think you were like one or two points behind. You might have yeah. beat us both on X count. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, crazy I think, after 120 arrows, it's that close. I, th I think that was the only time I ever had the highest X count. <laughs> and of course, it didn't 
help any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for the Barebow Cub men, shout out to Logan. Yeah. Logan got first. Logan Wamsley, he's one of my kids. Yeah. I'll tell you, Logan. Logan has worked super hard because he was dealing with some major target panic issues, literally all winter until Joe Ad, the Joe Ad Nationals on Friday night, and he just put it all together, and then rode that wave the rest of the weekend. But he shot, he got second place, I think, in, or was it first place in Joe Ad? No, it was second place in Joe Ad Nationals, but he shot like a four eighty something, and. Nice. Keep in mind, his highest score um, up until that point was the national record as a bowman, and that was like a 426 or something. So, like, he just he just went from, you know, Huge. light bulb went on, and all the stuff started started making sense. But, um, but anyways, the other two kids, Logan Wamsley <clears throat> came in first. Do you, oh, we're, we're going to stop there because there's a... A Jason Zeccagnini. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what okay. I said. Brock Aldridge. Mm-hmm. They came in second and third on the Turbo Cub women. Julia Mann, Helen Carley, and Julia Droditz. Yep. Uh, the Barbo Bowman men. Kaylian Shanklin. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Chiroma. Cooper Biles. Uh, Barbo Bowman women. Shout out to Jamie. We know Jamie DeGacomo. Yeah. Yeah, um, real, she shot pretty yeah, That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's a shooter. Yeah, she's a shooter. She's a good kid. Yep. Uh, I shot with her last weekend. Yeah, I think at, she was uh, there. Palmyra. Mm-hmm. She was yep. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's uh, young yet too. She's young in that Barabo Bowman class, so she's got a ways to go. Which, you know, she's got a future as such a young shooter, so composed. It's just a matter when they're at that age. It's a matter of keeping them grounded and keeping it fun. If you know, yeah, you know, they, have they keep to, you know they keep the interest up. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough for parents, and you know, yep. you you always walk that thin line of push too hard not push enough you know just stay positive stay supportive it's 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 tough to do especially when you know when they're young so but and it's really tough to do when maybe things aren't going as well mm-hmm. straight and quick um yes the the challenge with young kids is keeping an interest there even when things aren't going as well yeah yeah, you can't be afraid to pull a plug on a tournament or a local shoot or not push them to shoot, you know, until their mind is in the right place. It's it's not it's not super, super important for an eleven or nine year old or whatever to go to a local shoot just because. If they don't yeah, if, if if they're frustrated and shooting makes them frustrated, shooting for score that is, because that changes things for for kids oftentimes and for adults for that matter. As long as they have the understanding that if they go to a shoot, it's not a fail if you don't shoot your personal best. You know, personal bests are rare and should be celebrated when they happen, but they're not going to happen all the time. Yep. And, you know, it's hard. Though. Uh, it, it's tough to get kids to understand that at times. 
I think uh, I think you had a little little bit with Maggie for a little while. Mm-hmm. She came up so so fast, uh, shot so well, was starting to beat a lot of the women, um, even sort of beating Frank a little bit here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I know she gets frustrated at times when she doesn't get close to her personal best. Um, but I think she's starting to understand it a little bit more. She seemed to be a lot better spirits last time I shot with her. Yeah, she's maturing, you know, and and that's the message that's driven home often. And that that is my goal. I want her to beat me. I want her to, quite frankly, kick my ass. That's that would be the goal. The kid's been shooting barebow for less than a year, and it's very hard in that short amount of time to 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 build the inner confidence to, you know, understand that. Listen, sometimes it's just not going to go well, and it will go good more often when you're able to just concentrate on the shot and that's it. It doesn't matter what happened the end before. It doesn't matter what happened two ends before. It doesn't matter what happened in the first half. You literally just need to be able to forget the last arrow and move on to the next one like it's your first. And, you know, she's getting better. She's 14, so... You know, it's it's going to be a there's going to be some roller coasters and there's there's going to be some great uphill victories and 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 vice versa. So, but I guess we have we have two more in Barbell women: Mila Shanklin in the second, and Genevieve Jensen. Finish them out. Yep, and we got the AARP class, Rick Stonebreaker. On top of that, again, he took a year, a year hiatus. Hold on a second. I think we lost Grayson. Hold on. Masters. AARP class. AARP class. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Rick, Rick Stonebreaker back on top. Uh, shot a 1073. That's great shooting. Yeah. He took a, a year hiatus. Uh, Ed was Ed won it last year. Um, speaking of Ed, he finished fourth this year. Pretty good shooting again. Mm-hmm. Second was Tim Strickland. Third was a newcomer, Michael Cole. Shout out to Michael. He has Insight Archery up in Binghamton, New York. I shoot up there once in a blue moon. Uh, good guy getting, just getting into Barebow. Was a compound shooter for a while. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Michael, Holt. Michael Holt. He's a good dude. I shot near him during qualifications. He's he's fun to be around. He's I didn't realize that he owned Inside Archery. That's pretty awesome. I didn't realize you shot. I knew you sh- shot up there somewhere. I didn't realize that's where it was, though. Yeah, it's close to work when I got some time. Um, and I don't feel like driving all the way down the screen. I'll just stop in there after work. Uh, cool. But we had um, Michael Holson was in fifth. Probably one of the most positive people that I know in the sport. Always super excited. Him and Karen. Definitely. Yep. Ben coming off of uh, a health issue, finished sixth. He shot pretty good. I don't know if we want to keep going down there or not. No, no we usually yeah. only do top three. We, well, yeah. we will give a shout-out, though, to Scott Bills and Rich Rich, uh, Rich Barker. Scott, I know Scott's working on some things right now. You have talked to Scott. I've been back and forth with Scott yesterday. I was on a video or on a phone call with him. You know he's a he's 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 capable, more than capable of being up there. And then Rich, obviously, oh, yeah. Mr. Rich Barker, who's 
taking on some coaching duties and, and is still shooting and, you know, Rich is still in the game and he's, I mean, let's face it, he's, the guy can, the guy can rattle off as many X's or 11's in a row as the best of them. Um, I know he's coaching a lot more now than, than, than not. So yeah, shout out to those guys. Those guys are paved the way, but. Um, it is crazy to me that Scott is in the old man class now. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Well, Dilly's the next one to go there. <laughs> yeah, him and Dwayne, they're, I mean, they're right there. <laughs> so, yeah, we missed Dwayne this year. Maybe next year. Like he was yeah, still, yeah, I know he still has a little bit of um, his elbow or shoulder. That he's still nursing a little bit, but I think he's starting to get back on track. He shot the IBO last week or the week before and shot that pretty good. So we'll see him again next year, I'm sure. For the women, master women, um, Jen Stoner ended up taking it. Uh, she shot pretty good. We had Ruth Denzel, uh, a fairly new barebow shooter. Uh, she's been shooting for a couple of years now. She finished second, and Carol rounded out the top thir- three. Carol Richards, I shoot with her. Elton shoots with her a lot, coached some with her. Um, really nice person. She can Sometimes she can shoot pretty good. I think she just uh, filed for a world record. She had a 520-something uh, last week or the week before yeah. down in Lancaster. Oh, wow. 18 meters? Yep. Yes. Wow, good for her. That's impressive. Yep, so uh, there's there's a good chance that she'll have uh, a world record coming out of this when they first make their announcements. Yeah. Yeah. A little quick shout-out to Mike Holson, Karen Holson, and Marsha Kwan. Marsha was sixth in the Masters women. They're all on our online archery team uh, for the Barebow Project, so those guys are all shooting pretty hard and working on, you know, their game so that next year when they come back in, they're improved. And I mean, we get to see their posts They're constantly asking tuning questions or shooting the program that we provide. And, and those, and I know Mike had, Mike and Karen Holson started it right before, um, indoor nationals. They, we started talking and they signed up did some video analysis on them. I know you're going to see some changed form on, on both of them here in the, in the near future. Um, Grayson, you can be the judge of that when you get to shoot with them next time, whenever that'll be, who knows Yeah, this nonsense we're dealing with. But, um, so yeah, hopefully just, some outdoor stuff this year. If, if there's anything going on, we typically shoot together a lot in the summer. Well, you know, if I if I'm there, they're already there. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't go to a ton, but well, I think that's everybody for Barebow. We right? got <clears throat> now. We got the. We can't forget about the collegiate classes. Oh yes. Um, and this is this is something that's kind of helping Barebow grow in the states. Is we got uh, the collegiate. You know, it's getting more and more involved into into the college programs. Still more of a club a lot of the colleges are starting to pick up archery programs for uh barebow uh for the barebow collegiate men we had cole umberg raymond lay and james hughes that's pretty good shooting for cole uh, i think he might be a 
he might be a player in the adult class, him and Raymond, pretty soon. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Twenty-seven, thirty-three, ten. That's really. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good for you know for kids that are more focused on academics at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like there was ninety-three that participated in the collegiate class. That's. That's good. That's pretty. That's pretty stout. For the women, we had Michelle Naguyan, Katie Carr, and Abigail Weir. Abigail is a, I know she at least once was a member of the, the U.S. shooting team internationally for field. Really? Might have been twice. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pretty good shooter. She does better outdoors at longer stuff than indoors. But she's starting to come along pretty good on indoor stuff get getting a little bit more consistent i know she had a breakout year a few years ago she shot really good and then i think she just hit the wall that that most of us do with bearball well with any of the classes really yeah you come you come up so fast so quick that you just hit that that block you know that mental mental block and you kind of take five steps backwards yeah yeah but all right. Looks like she's starting to come around. Good stuff. Yep. Congratulations um, to everybody. Let's see if we have any any uh, any guests that really shot. Yeah, that, that's uh, cause we can't, the list. Yeah, because we can't forget that. Like, I guess uh, uh, Sonny's Sonny shot pretty good. I think he's a guy out in Oregon or mm-hmm. Washington State. Oh, son, Sonny Lee. I think he he ended up rooming with uh, uh, Sri Ram okay. at Target Target Nationals last year. Yeah, he's a pretty good dude. And then Sunny Moon Scott, he's I think he just got his uh, citizenship, so we, we might see him in the regular class next year. Not that any of that information is important. <laughs> <laughs> It's important to somebody. <laughs> it's unfortunate we didn't get to uh, shoot the final in Louisville top eight. That would have been fun. Yeah, I don't know why it's on the line there. Some bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. Can't let it's Rick, Rick win that right thing now. again. Boy, it's looking like I think they're going to want to pair it up with the NFAs again. So, I mean, we just got another email today that it's a possibility of being what was it late october or december. early early december yeah yeah uh, so that's I'm gonna be probably not going in october november uh, there's a chance i might go in december yeah that's i think that's going to be a if they want a lot of shooters to go i think they're going to have to have it in december there's too many yeah. there's too many in archery that are hunting in october november yeah um, I know our that's end of October is pretty much our prime archery season. That's when everything starts getting in the rut. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No way I'm traveling then. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna suck. It's gonna be very anticlimactic. <laughs> what is the final eight? Yeah. I wonder if they'll uh, send out the 
invitation again to see if people, same people accept and, and whatnot. Yeah, probably. I'd imagine so. But I think they only go down to number 12. Um, okay. I think I think they stop at 12. So I don't think Dillinger is getting in either way. <laughs> uh, we love you, Dilly. Well, well, Frank definitely is. I'm definitely not. That. No, <laughs> I, I'm definitely not. I finished 12 in men, but that doesn't account for anybody else. So. Oh, you finished 12? Yeah, for the men, not overall. Oh, yeah, for the overall. Yeah, yeah no. Not for the overall. Where'd you finish overall, Frank? 14th, maybe? 14th or 15th? 14th. Yeah. That's up 10 from Good. last year, I think. 26th, yeah. I don't know. Thanks for well, the reminder. Shoot. Well, you shot a 12 then. That didn't help any. Yeah, no, it did not help. That was that end. That was that one end. But it is what it is, you know? Hey. Yeah. Okay, and so. 14th out of hundreds and hundreds. I mean, keep it in perspective. That's I, I, Frank, still really Frank, good. Frank's over-exaggerating a little bit. He's finished 17th. Uh, <laughs> was that a Well, it's a different story. <laughs> For what, overall? Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, I did yeah. not know that. I honestly did not know. I didn't look at it. Because I knew I wasn't making the top, eight, so <laughs> I didn't care. <clears throat> I only looked at yeah. the class the, finish. The final, the final eight this year. Uh, they, you know, I don't know if it's going to change or not. But people are going to cancel it or not. But yeah, it's unfortunate this year we didn't get any women in it. Hopefully, things can change down the road. Yeah. Um, hey, they have yeah. an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Fawn Fawn ended up overall 11th and Yao right behind her at 12. So if they send out invitations and a couple people cancel, they still get an opportunity or get a chance to get in there. Um, but hopefully if we get enough positive influence with USR this year, uh, if we get people to, you know, be kind and um, be supportive and see what we need to do to, to get that to happen, maybe we can make that happen next year. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, they deserve them it. getting their own class would be awesome. Yeah, they're showing up. They deserve it. They're they're putting in the work. There's more and more. Yeah, I out. think they deserve it. I, I, I want to say they had at least around 200 people that could have qualified for it if they had it. So, I mean, our, we are growing quite a bit, and if you took that number of three years ago probably it might not have been worth it but now it's definitely it's definitely getting up there that it should be paid more attention to but, and in the younger classes there's a lot of participation on the female side I, didn't you say john that you know junior and below there are more female than male shooters yeah and every those classes yep almost like every class that was under adult had more women than men in the classes so yeah for the future yeah our our young ladies are showing up and they're they're growing more than anything right now so that's that's pretty good to see especially in a sport where usually men outnumber women two to one yeah Uh, to have that flipped is pretty cool all right elton you're up my man so in this topic of what can we do while we are all quarantined and everything is closed businesses are closed ranges are closed public ranges are closed not everywhere i know there's a a few people have access to outdoor ranges and even 50 meters right now so yep. 
as we come up into April, what do we got going on, man? So uh, a lot of the podcast listeners probably have heard of the event, but if you haven't, the Bearable Project is running a monthly online tournament. Um, as long as you've got some place to shoot uh, for that format, it gives you a chance to find the silver lining to all of this craziness. You know, a lot of us, either we're off work or working from home, you know, or whatnot, and you've got a little bit more spare time than you felt like you used to. Um, if you've got a place to shoot either at home or access to outdoor range or something like that, and you can reach 18 meters uh, for the indoor format or 30 to 50 meters for the outdoor format, it gives you a chance to keep working on your skills, right? And I know you guys are going to talk about like SPTs and drills and stuff like that you can work on, which is practice. But, you know, we all know that practice is never going to be the same as a scored pressure. And so doing these online tournaments that the Bearable Project is doing will help people because while it's not exactly the same as standing on a line with, you know, 30 people to your left and 30 people to your right in a sanctioned event, it's pretty close because of our requirement to have you live stream your shoot for at least the first two ends, but preferably all six of them. And while you're streaming, you know people are watching, right? So there, there's going to be comments, critiques potentially about your form. It's running through your head. So you, you, you're building that pressure. And it's going to be a lot like shooting a scored sanctioned event, which is kind of nice. But you're doing it wherever you can, right? Um, we've seen some some archers get pretty creative with their setup already. Um, and we, we, we encourage that as long as you're being safe. Um, so we, we kind of want to encourage the growth of this because it will keep people active, right, and shooting. Yeah. Um, there, there was some questions about classes, like how do, how do I choose what class I need to be early on? And I think we've kind of helped people figure that out. But, I mean, the guidelines are basically, you know, pick the average of your, your scored events, sanctioned events. Um, do your best not to use like a practice score because that's that's not really the best meter of how well you're going to shoot under pressure but if that's all you've got then that's all you've got if you have questions you know obviously you can message one of us and we'll help give you guidance on what the best and most accurate class for you to sign up for is sign up's easy we have links on the event listing the event listing is going to change every month uh, it's on the bearable project page um, there'll be a sign-up window for one or two weeks usually, and then the event will start the first of the month, and it'll run for a couple weeks. Um, so basically, you get to choose when you want to shoot your score. Um, you're going to live stream it when you do do that, and you know it's kind of a one-session deal. Uh, we had a few people ask, like, can I do it more than once? It's like, no, you, you shoot your score, and, and that's it. Right? Mm -hmm. um, if you shoot right you pick class and you end up shooting and not quite what you thought it was it was a little too easy or whatever and we see that you're scoring higher than normally would be for that class we'll, we'll ask you to upgrade for the next event you know in the next future months kind of thing um just because we want to keep the pressure on right if it's too easy and you're out shooting everybody in your class it's you're going to be too relaxed and you're not going to get any benefit out of it right but um just to elaborate on the three classes so there's a novice class um and 
I guess it's probably worthwhile just to describe the scoring. Um, I just switched my screen on on each class. The the novice class is what? Let me see if I have it right here. Do you know it's, off the top uh, of your head? Yeah, it's, it's up to 450. So if you shot, you know, a 600 round, you know, at 18 meters or 20 yards, either is fine. It's a six inch difference. Um, if you on, on a 600 round uh, multicolor feet of face, mm-hmm. 40 centimeter. If you shot um, 449 or below on that 40 centimeter face, it'd be a novice, you know. And that's that's basically anyone who's new to bare bow or just you know learning the ropes hasn't really figured all the little nuances out yet. Um, maybe struggles with grouping and consistency, things like that, and and they want to work on that under a pressured environment, right? Uh, intermediate is from 450 up to, I think right now it's for March, it was 520, 519. We might tweak that number a little bit as we're seeing the numbers roll in for the participants. Um, but it's basically your intermediate is going to be all your, your seasoned bare bow shooters who have been doing it for, you know, anywhere eight months or more, have a feel for how to shoot. You know, they'll, they'll have the occasional good end where they'll put everything eight ring or better, um, but they also have flyers, right? They'll have focus breakdown or they'll have a plucky shot or they'll lose their, their back tension for a moment or they'll move their bow arm or whatever. And they'll send one out into the blue or the black or whatever. And, you know, they get third arrow syndrome for a couple ends and that kind of hurts their score a little bit. Um you know who you are. Like those, those people are the definitely the intermediates. Four fifty to five hundred nine. That is, and then we have what your advanced class. And then, and then you have the advanced class for barebow, and and that's that's all your your shooters that are proficient. They they know the ins and outs of shooting. You know they've worked on consistency. They've they've started really perfecting their form, finding that groove where they're really consistent, and you know they're putting down groups that are. Um, you know, sub one inch or sub two inch size pretty regularly. They don't have the flyers um, that, you know, other classes might have. And usually that's an indication that that archer is pretty much working at the mental level, right? They're just trying to control that focus for all 60 arrows, make them really good, really clean shots every time. Even if they have a flyer, you know, they are pretty adept at recovering mentally um and you know obviously that's anybody that shoots right now 520 plus um we may tweak that because there are some archers that you know creep in there in the teens and we kind of want to include some of that pressure that you know the guys that put the 30 40 50 plus down um will push an event kind of thing yeah we need volume for that and to before we can make those decisions i mean and not to I, I do want to give a shout out to um, Richard Harris. For those of you that are interested in doing this for money, our our advanced class offers a payback to the shooters, and it's split up amongst as long as we have five people that sign up. But in if you go to Archery Abroad, where Grayson, John, um, and myself, along with I think let's see, uh, Dillinger shot this last tournament over there, and I don't remember. I know Alex Melnick and. Bead. Yep. Bead beads Bead. the current yep. current probably the winner for this month's tournament over there at Archery Abroad, Bead Garcia, um, down in Florida. He was a he yep. was a Scranton guy, right? 
Yep, yep, he was. Scranton, you know, and if you guys know, have ever watched The Office, that's a bit like their archery range up there. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's so shout out to Richard Harris because he's been doing this since 2000, something similar to since 2015, and that's where John Grayson and myself have been shooting up until at least up until now. Grayson shot one. What did you guys? That was the first one. The one we shot at Lancaster was the first one you ever did. You know, what do you yeah. guys think about it? You, as as far as a training tool, coming from two guys who shoot at the highest level, you really could in Barabo. You know, do you think it's valuable? Is it worth people shooting in this in this type of format? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's valuable for sure. Uh, it's it's different than shooting on the line at a a big tournament, but there's still value in it, and I think it's a, a good training tool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's not easy shooting in front of the camera when you know everything to count and you know people are going to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a there's a good pressure to to perform. So it could definitely be used as as a benefit if people choose to. I also think for people who are semi inexperienced <laughs> with it, the worry of like is the camera in the right place and is the live feed still going? We saw Peter um, Nugent shoot his Elton. I think you and I were actually watching the live feed simultaneously. Yeah. His live feed cut out like twice, I think. I mean, so that yeah. stuff adds to the anticipation and the pressure and the anxiety. So you like, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables that create the tension that you get in a real tournament, but it's coming from different angles. It's not just the competition format. So, and right. obviously the benefit that you can do this in your backyard, your neighbor's backyard, an empty lot down the street. I mean, whatever, we're not telling you to go shoot in some random person's empty lot, but what I'm saying is, is you can be creative to be able to get this done. You don't have to have access to your home range. You don't have to have access to um, an, an archery shop. You know, you can be creative as long as you verify the distance and, you know, we go from there. But, Elton, is there anything right. else you wanted to, you know, elaborate on, things you want to add, tips or tricks yeah. or anything like that? Um, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, I, I posted a video up, um, and that's based on what I've been seeing for the live streams that have been coming through. And, again, I'll say it again. It's not a knock on anyone that's done it thus far. You know, this is this, this is new. <laughs> this is new for a lot of people. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to give guidance on you know how we can record these streams or broadcast these streams a little bit better. Um, it makes the whole experience better, right? It makes it better for the viewers because they can see what's going on. It makes it better for the staff because we can more accurately judge and verify scores, and it makes it better for the archer because you can kind of prepare mentally um, and hopefully avoid some of those pitfalls like what Peter went through um, if you have the right equipment to set it up, the right way of setting it up. So I urge everyone to go watch that instructional video I posted out there. It covers a lot of the details. If you have questions, you know, feel free to, to hit me up with a message or post a comment or whatever. Um, but it talks about, you know, setup and, and the targets and scoring and how to use the camera and things like that. Um, the other big thing I want to talk about for the online events real quick is the formats. So we are 
coming out of March, right, we have, I think, 20-some-odd shooters left that still need to run their live stream. Um, but we'll be transitioning into April. Registration for April is already open. Uh, we are going to finish up April as a indoor bareboat. So we're going to do one more session of indoor for April, um, which, again, with everything going on with the COVID-19, you know, 18 meters should be pretty accessible in your yard, your garage, or whatever. And once we finish that, we'll be transitioning to outdoor. Now, for April, we've already trans transitioned slash introduced outdoor for a new longbow class. Um, we're piloting this. Tim Johnson is graciously going to run the coordination and scorekeeping for that division. Uh, we don't break it out into any classes. It's basically everybody who shoots World Archery Longbow, hop into that class. Um, you know, we're, we're trying it out. Uh, he, he chose the format largely because it's a really nice transition for those that are going to work and move straight into 3D. It's uh, a 30-meter format, I believe, on an 80-centimeter target. Um, the difference compared to indoors, you're going to shoot six arrows, but you're going to only do three ends. So it's still 18 arrows. It's just, you know, you're not going to do as much walking because um, it's a little bit further for that longbow class. Uh, when we get to May, then everything will go outdoor. Uh, assuming the longbow pilot goes well, we'll continue longbow into May, and all three barebow classes will switch to 50-meter outdoor standard um, bear, world archery barebow outdoor target. That's on a 122-centimeter face. Um, you, you're going to be six arrows, three ends, still 18 arrows. Uh, the, the big thing we're going to pilot at that point is that if you shoot any sanctioned event, and this assumes that all the COVID-19 stuff passes and, you know, we're back to being able to go to events and meet up with our friends and do all that fun stuff, you can't, because I know there are some people that just don't have access to a 50-meter you know, outdoor setup. <clears throat> if you're shooting those star vitas, you can take your scorecard and submit it to the Barebow Project online tournament as an entry. Mm -hmm. um, all you need to do is live stream yourself at the shooting line before the event starts. You can, if you want to live stream your practice ends or have someone hold the camera, the phone while you're doing your practice ends um, from behind the, the viewer line, the spectator line, that's fine. Uh, and then when all of your scoring is done for that event and your scorecard has been signed, you can take a photo of it and post it. And the first three ends will count towards your Barebow Project online event submission. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of giving people a way who, you know, who don't have access to 50 meter outdoor, a way to participate still if they want to. Oh, that's an excellent idea. Thank Definitely. You. Elton came up with that. that. I know it wasn't Frank. Was yeah. not me. I was going to say, I know it wasn't Frank. 100% Elton. 100% Elton. He's, I have to give the guy credit. I mean, we all bust on each other and we bust on Elton just the same, but he's really put, he's really tried to make this as all inclusive as possible and make sure that the pressure is still equal of shooting, whether it's online live feed, whether it's shooting in a tournament. And again, we call them training tournaments because that's what they are, that's what they're meant for. I mean, I can't imagine. I, I, I don't know if I would want to live feed while I'm shooting because that would make other shooters around me uncomfortable, at least during the scoring ends, um, unless they were okay with it or if it was just like us shooting at a local tournament when you know people won't care. 
but like I, I'm, I'm not going to advocate to say, Hey, yeah, live feed your entire round. You know what I mean? Or, you know, don't do that. But, but I I think that the pressure is definitely, uh, I think there's an equivalency there for sure, without a doubt. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to pay dividends for those of you that are, that want to get some extra competition in and get some extra practice and, you know, for the 10 bucks that it is for novice and intermediate, and it's only $20 for advance. It's not, it's not, it's not overly intrusive. It doesn't hurt the pocketbook and you can still compete. Um, exactly. You know, exactly. me, the three of us, Elton, I don't, you're not really competing <laughs> in them because you're doing them, but me, John and Grayson aren't competing in them. We compete in archery abroad. That's our, our portion. We probably may tool around with the, uh, the 50 meter stuff just to be engaged with everybody that's shooting them this year. But, or at least I'm going to try to be, I know our schedules are all a little different, but, um, you know, we, I'm telling you just, it's going to push all of you that sign up to shoot more, to practice more, to prepare more, to ask more questions, fine tune your setups, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, but anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you covered it there. And, 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 you know, I think I'd part by saying, think of it as another tool in, in your toolbox, right? Like, we, we all have different drills. We all have our different SBTs uh, that we run in practice and training. And, and this is just another tool in that toolbox. And it's an important one because it's not one that you can easily duplicate on your own, right? You need some external force to help create that pressure. And in the absence of sanctioned events because of the current, you know, world scenario, this is probably one of the best tools available to us. Um, we've said before that there are, you know, there, we're, we're not the first ones to do this, obviously. The, um, online events have, have been run previously by many, many organizations. Um, I think what, what makes us unique is that we've taken it all digital, right? So you don't have to mail anything. You don't have to wait for anything. Everything's happening real time. You, you pay for your shop entry. We get the email that you've paid. You get registered immediately. You'll see your name up on the roster within a few minutes. Um, people start live streaming. You know, they tag me and they post it to the Barebow Project subscribers group or the page. And we watch it. We validate the scores almost immediately while it's happening. Sometimes there's, you know, a time shift because one of us is asleep or at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it's watched and the score is validated and we comment on your, your streaming, post that your score has been recorded it's up there and it's out there for everyone to see so you know it's it, it's it's pressure and it's real time and it's all digital yeah outstanding um good stuff man well everybody look for that you know and now just and that's a good segue into the other things because you guys know i posted a video the other day right kind of when this whole thing hit the fan with covid19 and uh, I posted a video and I just called it this, the the uh, three meter thirty x drill and the progression drill. Um, but we're gonna talk about like and and you've heard Elton mention SBTs and for those of you that aren't familiar with the NTS lingo, that's um, specific physical training. And I know if you go to Lancaster Archery, uh, you can go to their Facebook page. They post a really funny. Yeah, cool video with Brian Brady and the Cawfold kids with Casey and Connor showing um, some SBT hold drills as well as uh, blank or blind bail that uh, Casey was doing like right in the garage and 
you know, so go check that out. Shout out to Lancaster Archery Supply and Rob Cofold and family. Those they uh, they've been really good to Barabow. But what kind of things, John? What kind of things do you, do you enjoy doing? Or what I shouldn't even say enjoy because I know part I don't necessarily enjoy them. But right now I'll take anything. Um, the things that you you think that people can be doing, things that you do, things that you know work. Um, you know, things that you've used yourself in the past. Yeah, the easiest thing when you can't get out and do anything uh, is just holding drills. Yeah. And I'll do a lot of holding drills for both strength and uh, stabilization. So I might, I might weight up my bow a little bit heavier uh, instead of shooting maybe a six pound bow. I'll weigh it down to like eight and I'll do holding drills with that. Like, um, lengthy holding drills from 30 seconds to a full minute and I'll do them in like 10 sets I'll do that three days a week and that is a tremendous help in both stabilization and training that's a and great, if that's I can a idea. and if I if I could if I can get it in 10 reps where I'm pushing 40 at least 45 seconds every time then I'll switch to a heavier set of limbs or just crank up the poundage and just keep doing that. And I'll build up where I'm holding more weight than I'm shooting. And then when it comes down to shooting, it's like you can just sit there and hold forever and you're not going to get tired. Um, that's worked really well for me in the past. That's probably my, yeah, I, like I said, <laughs> it's not favorite. I don't like doing them, but um, that's probably been the most beneficial for me yeah that's good Grayson is there anything that you do or doing or you're doing now because I know your schedule is kind of crazy and I you know we've talked fast and you're in the past and you're always like I probably don't do enough old drills um something you find beneficial uh I mean holding drills probably are a good thing like John explained I think that'd be a good thing to uh throw into your routine at home if you can only uh, shoot you know maybe a meter or two away a couple meters um, I, I like to get a target, put it up close and, you know, draw three little dots on it with a marker, or, you know, poke a hole in it with an arrow and aim at it and just run my shot. Uh, you're not really worried about where the arrow impacts so much. You're just working on, uh, maybe specific things in your shot that you want to fix, you know, get rid of some bad habits, ingrain good habits, um, but all while aiming so that when you transfer back to a real target and you introduce aiming, it, well, you're not reintroducing aiming. It's, it's always been there, so you don't get, you know, as much panic. So I don't like to do blank bail or blind bail or anything like that. I, I know it has its benefits for some people, but I always like to aim. And I find shooting, you know, a couple meters away, you know, really worried about where it impacts. It's easy to kind of get in a groove with your form, and it transfers over to a target at 18 meters really well for me. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a good strategy. Like, like if you're shooting one meter, shoot like your 10 meter crawl. So you're not even hitting that dot you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yep. That gives, it gives you, uh, yeah, this disciplines you not to peek and see where it's hitting because you know it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And that's a drill I've done in the past a lot. Uh, I guess a few years ago when I was still, I guess, increasing my skills, that's a drill I did a lot of. Um, 
when I was, wasn't able to get to the range. I work nights, so I'm off in the middle of the night a lot, and I could do that in my basement. And I, I would say it definitely helped me progress a lot. A lot more than just holding drills or blank bale wood. Uh, those are good drills to incorporate, but that is the single drill that's helped me the most, I think. And there's nothing special about it. You just have to do it. Yeah, that's a... It's not a secret or anything. It's it's just a, a good drill. Yeah, that's a similar um, result or that, that provides a similar result to that, that 3 meter 30x drill. It's very similar. You don't realize how hard it is to hit an X at three meters, and it forces you to to maintain your bow arm and maintain an aim. But the the benefit of it is there because you're close. You you're not struggling to hold it. Like you, it's easier to actually maintain the a solid bow arm and your aim, and you can relax a little bit more because it is so close. Is that I don't know if that makes sense, but you know it's 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 similar. But I never really thought about doing the you know, a dot or, you know, using a marker and making three dots or a bit or an arrow hole or whatever. So that's a great alternative to, to that three meter, um, 30 extra that I had mentioned in the video. So Elton, is there anything that you like to do? You're, you have a coach's brain, um, I've yeah. talked to you many times. What, what do you, what do you use? Um, main thing. So it's kind of expansion on, on the, the things that John mentioned and expansion on the things that Grayson mentioned. Um, the main thing for the holding is I try to do it in front of a mirror and I use that as kind of a personal feedback loop for whether I'm hitting proper form and alignment. Because once you start to get tired from those SPTs, mm -hmm. it's really easy for your form to break down in small ways and you, you really don't realize it. And you may imprint, you know, the wrong alignment or the wrong form or lack of back tension or, you know, something comes out. So it's one of the things I teach my students. Um, I show them how to validate their alignment and their form in a mirror when they're doing a holding drill. And then uh, for the, 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 the spot shot, I guess is what we call what Grayson is doing. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to peek. You want to you basically focus on that um, that small dot, you know, from up further away. And I think the big thing is we get sloppy, um, you know, when you're close because you think, oh, it's close. I'm, I'm not going to miss. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually use that more as like a focus drill um, rather than a, you know, strength training type of thing. Um, but, you know, to each their own because um, that's usually my issue is I start to get sloppy and then things start wandering. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, and there's multiple ways. Just just in this conversation alone, you know, you got three separate perspectives on doing a very similar drill. And that's what people need to hear because a lot of people, it's surprising in some ways, but a lot of people don't do drills at all. They just show up the range. They shoot 18 meters or 50, meter, 50 meters or whatever, and they expect their scores to get better. That just doesn't happen. You have to do the extra work if you really want to see an improvement. I mean, and to expand on the the idea of, of holding drills, you know, I, I like the kids here are our Barebow Project team. They do sets. They'll do five sets of ten of five second hold drills. They'll do um, this month. They I prescribed them what's called a, a draw hold ladder, where you do your first one for thirty seconds, 
and then you take a 10 second break, you do the next one for 25 seconds, you take a 10 second break, you do 20, 10 second break, 15, all the way down to five. You're spent at the end of that. But the one thing I will warn people of, do them at the end of your shooting session. Don't do them in the beginning. You can do some short three second, five second, maybe 10 second max in the beginning just to drive home the, the aiming pattern, but don't do that high volume in the beginning because it's going to you just your composure your muscles break down quick you know trying to you, it's not bad to do it you just just have to understand that you're not going to be on top of your game um unless you're in like really 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 good archery form or archery shape i should say so um and then i do emoms as well where where you would run a clock say you run a clock for five minutes you do that 30 second draw hold and then you take a 30 second break and you do another 30-second draw hold, take a 30-second break, and you do that for five minutes. And that's called every minute on the minute. That's what an imam is. Uh, and that's So these are just all ways to push that holding idea, um, that hold the draw hold, the long holds, the, the aiming, you know, get comfortable aiming. We've mentioned that a million times. Enjoy the aim. Well, and draw holds allow you to do that. Uh, another thing I've done where when you do a draw hold, I've had the kids do this. And I've done it myself. Count how many times you bounce out of the gold when you're doing your holds. Count, count. The, so it changes your focus away from actually aiming, but you're still concentrating on, you know, how many times do you bounce out of where you want your final the tip of your arrow to be? And, you know, it's just, it's just a different spin on how steady are you? How comfortable are you in that full draw position? Um, and then in the video, I, I mentioned the a progression drill and, and Grayson, you touched on blind bail a little bit and I differentiate between blank bail and blind bail. Blind bail is with your eyes closed. Blank bail is, is just a blank bail, you know, eyes open, everything like that. And, and they don't do either one of them. What's that? For me personally, and I don't speak for everybody, but they are a waste of my time. Yeah. And you, I've heard you say that before and, for me, blind bail has been the key component to me getting a good release over the last year. Blind bail does that because blind bail removes the anxiety of aiming. It removes the the. Um, it just allows you when you. It's like when you close your eyes and you, you, your other senses take your other senses are heightened. You can he, you hear things that you don't normally pay attention to. Your your just your body in general. When you shoot with your eyes closed, it allows you to concentrate more on the movement and you take away the, the anxiety and the, the pressure of aiming. You remove that sense. And that's why, you know, and I've we actually had a little bit of this conversation via private message today about trying to improve our releases and the things that we do. And I will tell you that doing that progression drill of doing the actual draw hold and I usually do them at 18 meters, but if you don't have 18 meters, do it or whatever. Do the actual portion of the aim and then break up and do the blind bail. So you're still shooting, effectively shooting the shot, but you're breaking that into two pieces, an aim and then the actual shot itself, and then shoot the shot on the next arrow. You know, it's so you, you're only shooting two shots with the blind bail and the actual shot, but you're doing your draw hold first and you do that progression because you're 
again, splitting it up, you have that the aim, you do the blind bail, eyes closed, perfect release, and you go over and shoot the actual shot. And it's amazing how that carries over to what your end goal is for every arrow. Um, yeah, I could see that. that. That's why I do I it. Think, um, I, I think if you were, were trying to put together a regimen, you know, inside, close, only a couple meters away, maybe you could start off with three to five draw holds, mm-hmm. then 10 blind bail shots, 10 shooting at the dot like I like to do, mm-hmm. go into your 30, uh, 30X drill after that, and then finish up with maybe 10 or 15 more shooting at the dot. That's something I would, you know, I could get behind following for myself personally. Yeah. It sounds like that would be a good little routine. You get enough arrows in to get your muscles in shape for when you can get back out. But I think there's multiple beneficial drills right there that all come together to really help you out. Yeah, 100% agree. I think if you have and, and find something in your shot that you know you need to work on. If you, if you, you know, my bow arm and my aim and being comfortable in the aim is definitely the one hurdle I have to get over so that more times than not that my aim is solid because the rest of my shot is pretty good. My release is pretty good. You know, we all have that thing. Pick out that thing and take that this time now and work on it you know, whatever it is, because you can do that at three meters, five meters, one meter, you can find ways. And let's say, I mean, let's be honest. If you don't know what to do, or if you have an idea and you want our feedback, shoot, shoot me a message. I know Elton will answer questions. We we're answering questions almost daily at this point, but you know, we, whatever we can do to help, we will. It's just, or if you're really interested and you want to sign up for our coaching program, do that. We just dropped the rates dramatically just to kind of help out in a situation and let people get – it's super time-consuming for me, but it is what it is. You know, I, I enjoy it. But, I mean, it's the same. It's just we want to make sure that we can throw our heads together for all of you, the listeners, all the Bear Bow shooters out there, and give you things that we do that we know help, that have helped us, the things that have gotten us to – you know, where we've been or are as shooters, you know, within the barebow community. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the game plan. That's what we want. And I think that's about it. I don't, I don't have anything else that I really want to add in there. Do you guys, you, you want to throw anything else into the mix or talking about anything else? Uh, were there any questions that you had ready to go that we could maybe answer? I don't know. I know there were a ton on that oh, one man. post. It was pinned. I did not look at. I don't know if we questions. want to get into that or not. We've already gone a, a little while here. I don't even know how long are we in. We're yeah, we're an hour and forty three, and let's just cut it off. Jeez, it's a long yeah. time. Holy shit! <clears throat> well, the, the thing I'd like to quick touch upon all these indoor drills and holds and uh, paying attention to your release and stuff. Uh, it would be an awesome time to pick apart your shot and fix your weakest link. Um, that's probably what's going to help you the best become a little bit better shooter than you are right now is definitely grab your, your weakest part and try to turn that into your strength. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Something you have hesitated to work on because you have tournaments coming up. Now there's no tournaments in the near future. So completely tear down your shot. If, if that's what you need to do and build it from the ground up with, with all good habits and, try to clear out any mistakes that you were, you know, consistently making. What what Good are point. your guys's what are your guys's weak spots right now in your shot? Ooh. Uh 
too many to mention, really. Uh, the, the big two for me are probably the mental game, which that's that's what keeps me from, you know, reaching my high end scores all the time. I would say it's probably the same with both of us or all of us. And my release is, I mean, if you look at it in slow mo, it's it's pretty god awful, but it's it's consistent. It's just not. It's not textbook or anywhere near. Yeah. But it, I mean, it make it work for me. I just feel like it could probably be more, more clean, more efficient. So, like we talked I about, should work on that I've ignored. Yeah, like we talked about though, Grayson, it's it's one of those things that if you have a more forgiving release, the when you do have the flyers, they're not so bad. You know, and that's yeah. that's my that's really my saving grace on some of my better scores, especially my practice scores, is because my bow arm is good, but my aim, my bow arm with my aim, it's not. It's it's I still get stuck at the bottom. Um, I have mental breakdowns where, like, for some reason, some shots I can put it up there, boom, it's there. I don't bounce out. It just it all's good, and then you know I might have that for let's say 15 arrows out of 30 and then those other 15 you know I I could bounce out but I'm 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 good to get it back or I get stuck at the bottom and that's when the drive bys come I get stuck but the shot feels good otherwise and then I just try to move it up and let go at the same time and that's no good you can do that there's people who shoot okay doing that I did it all last year but yep it's not good well, and I I think that's <laughs> I think that's <laughs> common <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think, that's, I think it's a common thing from shot to shot. Like, to go through a 60-arrow tournament, I'll have probably 20 shots where I pull up, my arrow doesn't move at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't make it move out of the 10 ring. It just doesn't move. And then I have probably 10 that I can't get it to even come close to the 10 ring. And then I have 30 of them that are normal. They float normal, you know, 9 to 9. Um, I think that's normal. I I hear that a lot in the compound side too. Like, well, I just couldn't get that, couldn't get the dot where it's going, so I let down. And that I think that's a big problem that uh, a lot of archers have in the barebow side is if it's not, if the float's not even coming close or acceptable, then it's time to restart. Yeah. Um, so then, that sounds like we're. I, you need to say that. Is that what you do? If you can't get it into the ten or the bottom of the nine, is that what you do? Do you restart? That's what I try to do. I just sometimes I'm too, I'm too stubborn. Bored. That's what we all should do. Let down and start over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, Elton? What's your weak spot right now? That that's right it. I mean we're 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 hitting the hammer on the on the nail there. Is I I struggle with that that setup to aim, and <laughs> if it isn't if it isn't right, I will freeze up low on the target or below the paper even. So that's really what I've been focusing on for maybe the past three weeks is just learning to set up and come to a soft, relaxed float where on lollipop and the yellow. Um, and when, it, when it happens, I can sit there, hold, and you know, be relaxed and settle in, enjoy the aim, as you guys have said, you know, decide when to relax and execute with you know, strong back tension. And I watch the arrow go to the 10, and then there's all those other times large majority right now because I struggle with control where 
you know, I try to force it. And, and that's my advice for anyone that's having that same issue is don't, right? That's, that's a bad thing to do. Um, if you are a drive-by shooter now, um, try to change your ways as soon as possible because it's going to get worse. And, and then you start freezing up. So yeah. that is the main drill that I work on now is, is learning to set up and aim with that soft flow right to, you know, six o'clock eight ring right out of the gate instead of coming in low and then having to float up to lollipop. Yeah. I want, I just, I want to say though, it is super, super important to remove as much tension from your full draw position as possible to help deal with that target panic. I, I, in my opinion, I have found tension in your grip, tension in your, um, your alignment, it, it, tension in your head, not moving your head in, in the thousand god-awful positions to get into anchor. Scott Bills, don't have to mention any names. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a joke. We actually just talked about it, so he's, it's all good. But, I mean, in, in all seriousness, it's true. It just... Who's Scott? <laughs> Scott's that old guy. Um, in the master's class. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy with the bald head that sweats a lot when he when he eats hot food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. That was a sight to behold. Well, well, the uh, the let's go back to your target pain. Target the target painting is such a broad term. You're talking about more on the, the aiming. Yeah. Some people refer to aiming panics. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. We'll, we'll That's one that. I typically don't get. I mean, I when I go into my pre-draw, the arrow, the tip, of the arrows on the gold and you know, I get back to anchor and the arrow's just on the gold. I don't really have any problems with getting it there or keeping it there. Um, my problem is uh, I'll either creep or pull too far a lot of times. And I notice if, I'm, if I feel like I'm creeping, I'll really tense up to try to bring it back and I'll shoot the shot instead of just letting down. And that's when I throw like a six or something out there. Uh, extra tension really kills me. That's the thing. Because uh, I hold it at full draw too long, trying to be too fine, lining up my string blur, and, uh, making sure there's no tension in my hand, my draw fingers. Just try to get too fine with every little thing instead of just shooting a, a comfortable shot. And then I get more tension, more tension as you know the seconds tick by, and that's that's really what leads to my flyers. So now I'm under more pressure. I'm trying to really hit that ten ring, and trying to be too fine really just kills me. Well, that's a that's a problem. A lot of the archers, um, they learn the hard way. And what I mean by that is they, they, they come up in the ranks and they get to that, to that elite status where they're either winning it or almost winning a tournament every time. And then they get that added pressure of now, now you have to perform every time everybody's looking at you. And that's something that, um, you're kind of, it sounds like you're kind of dealing with now, but you have the right attitude, how to combat it. Yeah, that's that's really the the target panic or anxiety or downfall I've been dealing with for forever. Really, that's it's always been the same. Like I've never had a problem holding an anchor, snap shooting, uh, holding on the gold. It's always been extra tension from maybe trying to aim too hard. I, I don't know. Not even aiming too hard, just executing each little step too perfectly. Yeah. No, definitely. You, I guess we're all in different force, places. Yeah, you try to force it, that adds that tension, and 
you know, everything yep. goes haywire. And it, it's actually, um, you know, there's like a physiological explanation. Um, one thing I tell a lot of people is once you put tension into the equation, it's very hard to take it back out. Mm-hmm. If you clench a muscle, you know, and everybody can do it right now. You just grab and clench your fist as tight as you can and you hold it for like eight to ten seconds. When you try to relax your hand, those muscles just don't want to relax completely mm-hmm. because the yeah. muscles have been told to be as tense as possible. It, it takes a little bit of time for the blood to circulate through, calm things back down, and, and put things to get nice and relaxed again. You do that when you're at anchor at full draw, and you know it's a recipe for disaster. Yep. I know all too well. John, what are you going to work on? Uh, I think it's the overall shot. I think I just got too fat and sloppy and just got lazy so it's like everything is performing decent but nothing is performing great like my bone is still decent um my release has suffered a little bit my aim has suffered a little bit my strength has suffered a little bit and i think that's all just being lazy so i'm gonna have to do some of those uh holding drills and get back into shape and i think that'll all go away because because right now it's just it's just a, a collection of things, and I think that's going to be the the common denominator is getting that fixed and should be back on track. Yeah, I mean, and people, we're giving you the tools. We're we're literally just saying here, this is what you need to do. Here's the stuff that's going to help you, and if you want to take it to the next level, we can help you with that. You just we're opening the door for barebow shooters to say, these guys are telling us all this. Not, and they're not secrets. They're just things that we've learned. You know, a lot of what I've learned is through John and Grayson's help. And, and I've learned a lot on my own with coaching the kids. And, I mean, I'm watching kids go within their first few months. First year, I'm watching kids break national records that are just shooting barebow. And they're, they're starting with... The things that John and Grayson and and the things that I've learned, they're starting with those from the beginning, and their their um, learning curve is so much faster. It's incredible, and that's why it's not. It's you know, yes, they're talented. I'm not taking away from that, but they're just getting. We talked about this literally in the first episode. They're getting good information very early, and it's being implemented correctly. And well, I think what helps is that they're they're impersonable or impressionable. Right. So. You know, they take what someone tells them and they will listen rather than think, oh, that won't work for me because they actually just go and do it. Yep. Yep. Open mind. That's correct. Not have an open mind.